I wanted to share a tool that I started using recently. And if you're doing any prospecting or lead sourcing from LinkedIn, it's definitely worth checking out. The tool is called Surf and it's spelled S-U-R-F-E. It's a Chrome extension that allows you to add contacts to your CRM directly from LinkedIn. I use it to add contacts quickly, follow my deals, keep track of my notes. And it's actually saved me a bunch of time. The data is always 100% accurate because I don't have to copy and paste each detail from each contact over to my CRM. Instead, Surf does it all for me automatically with just one click. Now, the folks over at Surf have been kind enough to put together a promo offer for fans of SSP. You can go to the link in the show notes and use the promo code JWSURF with an E5 for a 5% discount on your first year. Check out the link in the show notes and go check them out. We've got a really great guest today, Dustin Brown. Dustin is a strategic account executive at Outreach, and he's sold for companies like Oracle, Salesforce, Quick Messaging, and Right Now Technologies. Dustin is really fantastic at building rapport with his customers and his prospects and posturing himself as an advisor, a coach, a consultant to his prospects and his buyers. And in the episode today, he'll share a little bit about how he approaches these relationships and he speaks to how to make your customers successful and how to help guide them through the buying process. He makes his home in Dallas, Texas, which in my opinion is just an okay city in the state of Texas, but I digress. And uh, he just an all around great mentor and friend of mine, and it's been such a pleasure knowing him and working with him. So with that said, here's Dustin. Dustin Brown, it's great to have you on the show. Jesse Woodbury, it's great to be here. Awesome. So I want to kick it off by learning a little bit about your background, or at least sharing a little bit about your background. So tell tell the audience how you got started in the SaaS space. Yeah, it's very uh, very good question. So I, I came into the SaaS space as a, a little more of an experienced veteran, if you will. So I lived in a college town in Utah and had a number of you know sales jobs, closing roles, you know selling to your mom and pop kind of one call close type uh, type deal. And I kind of figured there's probably got to be more to sales than just uh, ju- just this uh, one call close thing. And um, as I started learning more about technology and some of the, this was kind of right before Utah became known as Silicon Slopes. And right. so I was really being educated in, in kind of like what SaaS was in the technology space. And I knew some, uh, some people at a, at a company in particular that was really interesting to me. Um, and the company was called Right Now Technologies, <clears throat> which was uh, eventually bought by Oracle. So, um, for those who follow companies' um, trajectories and trend, um, transitions there, but uh, yeah, I made a couple phone calls, got an introduction to somebody, and um, went through the interview process. Um, I hear that they really gave it to me because I was coming in as from somebody they knew. So, uh, certainly, certainly earned earned my spot on the team. Um, from, from what I hear. Yeah. And, but I came in as an SDR. So again, closing, making, you know, six figures, right. I've been recognizing what I needed to do to make a transition. So I took a step back in order to kind of accelerate my career. And I came in as an SDR, which was a fantastic, um, choice. And I, and I really, uh, I'm really glad I made that move. So you say you took a pay cut to become an SDR. Oh Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And I that- moved, I moved to, to the Bay area and I, and I relocated myself and um, yeah, I started over. That's a big roll of the dice. Do you recommend reps in this day and age, take that risk or do you, do you suggest going another path? What, what do you think? I mean, based on your experience, would you change anything or recommend another, another outlet or another, I shouldn't say outlet, I should say another, another pathway in. You, you know, that's a really good question. I mean, here we are, it's 2020. You know, we're in the middle of, you know, some really challenging economic times and in the middle of a pandemic even. And, you know, some people are fortunate to have a job and they're not having to worry about making that decision. There's other folks who are, you know, without a job right now and they may not have a choice. Um, But whatever situation you find yourself in, know that it's not you. Uh, It's a situation. So don't Mm -hmm. get, don't lose hope. Um, Don't let it knock your confidence down. Um, But I certainly would recommend it to, to folks. Um, you know, 
I think it was a great learning experience. I grew a ton. I developed skill sets that I never would have gained had I not done that, that have served me well in my, in my career. Sometimes things don't have to happen overnight. Sometimes it's okay to take a little bit of a detour or take a bit of a pay cut to, to do something that you're really excited about to accelerate your career. Yeah. Um, it's tough, but, but I certainly would recommend it. Now, if you, if you have a kids and you're like, you know, deep into a mortgage, I would probably consider it and really think about it, but I certainly don't regret it. And I certainly knowing what I know now would, would encourage folks to do that. So I was in the SCRC for a really long time and I, I don't even think people realize how dues. long. Yeah. I don't even think people realize how recently I was in an SDRC and why I'm glad that was the case. And, you know, this might sound weird, but I'm, I'm glad that was the case because I really learned how to build pipeline possibly better than a lot of my peers. Uh, at least, you know, I'm, it built my confidence in being able to go into almost any company and generate some pipeline pretty quickly. And that's a huge skill. And if you have that skill, you're going to be pretty marketable in this space, especially because totally. that's one that, you know, a couple of clarifying questions in an interview will really determine if you actually know how to do that or not. And if you can yep. outline a couple of strategies or, or plays that you have to do that, then I think you're, you're going to nail a lot of interviews and you really sort of have a ticket to almost any company in the industry. So as much as it can sometimes just suck sitting in this SDR seat and making a hundred phone calls a day and grinding and grinding and get a lot of, getting a lot of no's and rejection and just having to sort of face the monotony of it, it's worth it. Trust me when I say it's definitely worth it. And it's worth just sticking it out. And eventually your time will come to transition into a strategic role or an AE role. And you'll actually get to do the, you know, the fun stuff, which is the demos and the presentations and building champions and getting the negotiations and getting deals done and things like that. But everybody has, everybody's got to start somewhere. And I think it's a fantastic yeah. place to start. Just focus in on the craft, which is if you can master the role of being an SDR, you'll figure out how to build pipeline. And if you can do that at one company, you can likely do that at another, just depending on you know product and marketing and things like that. But the better you can hone in on that craft, the, the, the more favors you do yourself in your next role. You mind if I chirp in there real quick? Yeah, of course, man. Yeah, you know, I, I, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know, I have, I have two schools of thought. I'm old enough to, Let's to hear know him. that, hey, paying, paying your dues is still a good, an honorable thing um, to start at the ground and, and work your way up and to build some serious muscles, um, experiences, um, skill sets. I mean, to your point, you got to start somewhere, right? Um, but just because it's, uh, it, but it doesn't, you don't need to let it feel like you're at the bottom of the totem pole. Like I certainly felt like I was just, just an SDR. Well, I, I think that's kind of a, the wrong notion to think about it because you're not just an SDR, you're an SDR. This is where you have the opportunity to not have a massive quota over your head to go learn how to do this, to go learn and build the pipeline, build the experience, because that's how you're going to set yourself apart as you go and try to move up the ranks, if you will. Um, but SDRs play a tremendously important role in, in any company. And, you know, I, I, to your listeners, I would say an SDR is a great place to start. And I would actually choose to start there knowing what I know mm -hmm. now, because, you know, I'm certainly a little further away from making hundreds of dials a day. Um, and I think that's kind of a disservice to me right now. And I certainly mm -hmm. think those muscles are important and that experience is important. And so, um, don't feel like it's, you know, oh, I'm just in this entry-level job where I'm just in this. Be, be a standout SDR. Really take it serious because um, people pay attention to that, um, especially when it comes to interviewing and, and moving on and, and learn this sales game. You know, take the time to learn how AEs work, but also take time to be the best SDR you can in the, for the time that you're allotted. Now, some, some SDRs are having to wait longer to move up given, you know, current climate. Again, right. take a deep breath. It's cool, but recognize you play a critically important role in the, in the organization and, and never think of yourself as just an SDR. Um, I, I don't know. I, I see that a lot today and I just want to make sure that, you know, folks, while again, I believe in paying your dues and learning and growing and having experiences to make you better. But I, I, I certainly want SDRs out there to know that they're tremendously valued and, 
vital uh, to, to any sales organization. I totally agree. I wish I had one right now. I build all my own pipeline at the moment. <laughs> ben, you definitely, you definitely know the value when you don't have one. Um, sometimes mm-hmm. you forget when, uh, when you have the, 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 uh, the luxury of those riches. So, yeah. So just a little background on how I know Dustin for, for the audience. I, I met Dustin about a year ago, but it feels like I've known you for a lifetime. It's crazy. Cause we have so much Weird. in common. Uh, we have similar backgrounds, similar heritage, all that jazz. Uh, we found out earlier, early, early on that we went to high school in the same city, which is kind of hilarious. And then uh, even though we only worked together for quite a, a bit older months, than, than, than you though. True. Yeah. Uh, and, <laughs> and even though we only worked together for a couple of months, I spent a couple of, you know, sort of on site. I, w- I went on site. So I, I was in Austin at the time and I drove up to Dallas and uh, Dustin was really the person that onboarded me in my current role. And took me around and we visited some customers and I got to really see our product in action and learn some of the value. And one of the things that really just totally jumps out about Dustin's style is you create, and I, I hate, I don't want this word to sound negative, but you create almost like a cult-like devotion from your prospects. And I love it. And I think it's really awesome. And it's not a negative thing in this, in this context. It's, it's really cool because even still, uh, you know, Dustin's moved on since, but he still has customers where I'm at that, that will ask about, you know, how he's doing and how they can get connected to him and how they can keep in touch and how they can send him a card or whatever it is. And it's, it's clear that a lot of the customers we have came from Dustin's ability to get in and build a relationship and to really focus on what the customer needs as opposed to just trying to get in there and get the deal done. So I'd be curious, man, what how do you describe or, or how would you outline your approach to, to treating customers like people instead of like a number and building yeah. super strong ironclad relationships with these prospects that ultimately get you massive contracts signed? Tell us about that. Yeah. Well, first of all, that like is for my personality and for me, that is like almost worth more than, than the commission checks. I like the commission checks. Don't get me wrong, but <laughs> But, uh, but I got goosebumps. So, I mean, I'm very flattered and that means a lot to me because in my, in my life, relationships matter more than, than money, um, more than companies because those come and go. But it's really those people um, that you impact really kind of stand out and uh, get me excited. Yeah, it's an interesting notion today that we, we're, we're all wanting to be the challenger sale. We're all wanting to get the deal done. And, you know, those are all appropriate things. Those are, those are absolutely vital and important because you only have so much time in a day. And your, 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 your customers and prospects only have so much and they're also getting bombarded. So, I mean, certainly those are all important. And I, and I think, you know, there's a undercurrent of people discounting the relationship. Mm -hmm. And I think relationship selling has, has changed and evolved over the years. I don't think it's going to the golf course or certainly going to a lot of lunches anymore. I mean, especially given the pandemic, but it certainly hasn't, st- it certainly is um, a skill um, that's lacking. And there's a lot of talk about empathy. All of a sudden, empathy is the new thing, but it's the right thing. And, you know, you can't, I don't think empathy is something you, you check, you check the box and say, hey, I have empathy, but it's, um, but yeah, man, I, I, just, I just love my customers and I really love them as people and I'm trying to understand what drove them as people and made them happen, the happiest people because, you know, we're certainly going to be able to help solve their business problems. Um, and there's certainly enough reps out there that only care about the money. Um, but there also aren't a lot of reps out there that care about them as people and what, what the impact your software is going to do for them as, as, as a human being. And so for me, that's always been the center of, of kind of what I do is focus on the human. Um, I'm savvy enough to know that, hey, I, I, ha- I run a job. I have a job. I need to get a deal done. They certainly know kind of my role as well. Um, but it's uh, really it's just really been always about the person. And, you know, because of that, I've been able to challenge because of that, I've been able to get really good discovery conversations going. Um, and, uh, which has allowed me to be, be, be successful. It's kind of, I, I always thought this, this thing was trite and kind of lame, but you know, it's true. People don't care how much, you know, until they know how much you care. Um, mm. and you know, Jesse, I appreciate you saying those things and, and it certainly should seem to, it seems to have held true at quick, uh, we used to work in uh, those relationships and, um, but, but, I, but I haven't heard from these customers. Are you, are you hiding them from me so you can get all the deals now? Is that what's going on? Yeah, that's part of it. <laughs> I mean, got it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, no, they're, they're, 
again, I just love working with people and I love people and I try to make that the center of my business. And, um, it seems to, it seems to work. Yeah. Early on. So early on, I came to Dustin and I asked for some advice. I was like, how, how do we get this done? You know, what, what am I, what do I need to focus on to actually be successful where I'm at? And not even just where I'm at, you know, this is, this is career advice. It was, you know, it's 2020 now selling to prospects is totally different than it was when I started out uh, 10 years ago. Right. So what is important now? And Dustin gave me some of the most invaluable advice that I've ever had, which was you need to take a step back and tune out a lot of the noise. Stop focusing on feature function. Stop focusing on costs. Stop focusing on, you know, decision makers and champions and all of the, this other minutia and just take a step back and ask yourself what will make this customer successful and how do I help that customer execute that? And if you do that and, and, and do that exercise and then bring that to the prospect, you'll get it done. And sure enough, I've, I've put that into practice. Uh, I'm on, you know, not to, not to toot my own horn here, but I'm on, I'm on target to hit uh, quarter this quarter. <laughs> so I'm on target I mean, to hit quarter this deal. quarter. Way to go, Jesse. It's yeah. 2020 in the middle of the pandemic and you're going to hit quota. That's a uh, way to go. Good for you, buddy. Yeah, it's super exciting. Uh, last quarter was a successful one as well. And again, I, I feel very fortunate because we are in the middle of a pandemic. There's a lot of folks out there that are looking for work. There's a lot of folks out there that can't get their prospects to return their calls. And, and here I am, uh, you know, hitting numbers that I haven't even seen in my career yet. And I do attribute a lot of that to, to Dustin's advice, which is if you just take a step back and, and again, focus on what will make your customer successful, it makes it so much easier to have those hard conversations. And, and an example of a hard conversation is, Hey, I didn't see that DocuSign come through for a hundred grand. Where, where was that at? You know, where were you going to get that sign this week? Cause I, you know, I'm on the hook for it. Cause I committed it. Right. Or, you know, Hey, what meeting do we need to have with such and such stakeholder to make sure this takes off? Right. So there's hard conversations you have to have. It's so much easier to have those. If you've built that relationship with the prospect and they know that you have the best intentions and you're not just viewing them as a pathway to hit some number to get some commission check. Right. Yeah. Well, man, I mean, people want to help people they like, mm -hmm. right? Again, we talk about, you know, I think, I don't know if it was, again, you know, my days are blurring together and Zoom conferences are blurring together, but you, yep. you know, people want to work with people they like. People will do deals with the people they like. You So if you have a technology that's, you know, there's other competitors and everything's very similar and, and things of that nature, you know, they're going to want to do business with those who they, with, with those um, who they like, and if they don't like you, but you have the best product, they don't care. They don't like you. Um, but you could have the best technology and you're somebody that they trust and that they consider a friend. They're going to do the right thing for you and they're going to want to help you. Um, and, and so again, it, it really pays to put the relationship and develop a relationship with with your prospect. Now, if you're selling a transactional software or a transactional technology, maybe may different and maybe you're right. Maybe relationships don't matter because you're, you're really only solving a little tiny problem they have. But in the enterprise space, when you're, when you're solving big problems um, and you have good, decent technology, well, you're gonna win because they like you. But if you have the best technology and they like you, um, it's just really your, they're going to do the deal for you. So that, that's awesome yeah. to hear. And, and I totally agree with that. And um, again, people make decisions with their heart and then they back it up with their mind. And so if you can, you know, sincerely develop a relationship because um, they certainly know when you're trying to, you know, do it and it's not sincere, um, then you're really just helping yourself for the, for not only the short term, the long term. I've done two deals with people that I've done, um, that I've worked with in past roles. And so like, it doesn't just stop at the company you're with. It'll follow you throughout your whole entire career. That's awesome. <clears throat> Love that. So tell us, I, I think one of the, the topics I really wanted to, to cover today, you work at a, a pretty well-known company in the sales space, and it's a, it's a technology that I'm a pretty big evangelist of, and I've actually been a user of for a number of years. Uh, in fact, I was on the earlier side of, of users. I don't, I don't know that we were officially a beta user of outreach, but I know we've been using it since about 2015. Uh, I remember rolling it out and just thinking, man, this thing is a game changer. And at the time it was still pretty bare bones. It wasn't what it is today. It was just a way to automate emails. It was just a way to create a basic sequence. So just for, for context for the listeners, uh, Dustin is a strategic AE at outreach. 
And if you're not familiar with outreach, you need to climb out of the rock that you live under and go check out the, the solution. It's one of those tools that I think a career can be completely built on. If you are a power user of outreach on your team, that will pay dividends for you in your career. That will set you apart from other applicants, from your peers. And I just, I think it's one of the most important technologies to live in the sales stack uh, ever, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's next to the phone in terms of innovation in the sales Rolodex or in the, not the Rolodex, but in the sales tech stack. So tell us a little bit about a day in the life of being a strategic account executive at Outreach. What does that look like for you? It's a big question. Can you be yeah, more specific? T tell us, uh, you know, what, yeah, give us what, like, what does a random day look like? Like, like tomorrow, what's on the schedule? Uh, what kind of work do you do? And I know it might resemble a lot of other sales roles that you've been in and a lot of other sales roles that folks on this call have, have been in, but uh, you know, what kind of accounts do you, do you work on? Uh, maybe give a quick elevator pitch of the tool first, just if, if there's folks that aren't familiar with, with who outreach is. Yeah, so to start outreach is your best friend and, and it's certainly a secret weapon. Um, Agreed. I, I don't know why I didn't have outreach before. Um, it's, it is like, you're, you're kind of putting me in a weird spot, Jesse, because I work <laughs> at outreach now and you're asking me to plug it. Like, I, you know, of course I'm going to be excited about it, but I, I won't work anywhere else that doesn't have outreach. Um, outreach has literally changed the game for me because when I wake up, my day's already planned for me, right? I, I have my meetings, those are planned, but I don't have to sit around and think to myself, Hey, what should I do? Of course, I need to go sell. Of course, I need to go prospect. But I, the decision of who and how and via what channel is already done for me. All I wake up and open my Salesforce, I open up my outreach everywhere, and I just execute the task. I follow up my opportunities. I follow up my prospects. And I stay consistent. And I'm consistently following a pattern that we know based on data is the right pattern to follow, whether that's a mix of phone calls, emails, LinkedIn touch you know, five days later, another phone call or, Hey, 10 days later at Sendoso, you know, or send them a, send them a card, mm -hmm. whatever the case may be. I don't have to think about that. And without fail, I've not only saved time in my day because I don't have to log everything to Salesforce. It's kind of being done for me. So that's massive. I don't have to worry about my boss going, Hey, did you log your appointments into Salesforce? It's done. Um, mm -hmm. But I also know that every day that I can commit to at least an hour or two of prospecting, but I don't have to think about, again, who and, and how. I just do. Um, and there's just a bunch of other tools included with the, with the outreach that have just really been, been game changer and have saved me a lot of time and just helped me be, be more efficient. And so it's, yeah, I don't, I don't know how to describe it other than that. It's just like, it's really something that has not impacted how I sell. Like I'm still the same seller. I'm still following the same playbooks that I followed as a seller forever, but I'm able to do it in a more automated and programmatic way, um, which just allows me to do more and in less time. And, you know, it's also helping me to break through the noise. So it's really, really a powerful tool. And I recommend every seller or anybody that's customer facing check out outreach. Um, and let us, let us help you. It's uh, it's, it's a fantastic tool. Yeah. I'll share a couple of use cases for where I have outreach incorporated into my daily flow. So one, the sequence feature, that's sort of the bread and butter is being able to automate emails out to your prospects and you can build sequences. And if, again, if you live under a rock, you know, if you don't work in, maybe I should rephrase that and say, if you're not in the industry yet and you're still new to everything, totally awesome. Welcome. Uh, but a sequence is a, you know, sort of an automated sequence of steps that usually involves some automated emails or manual emails, but it can also incorporate in things like, Hey, make a call out to this prospect send a LinkedIn note to this prospect. And so you can kind of build yourself a flow because what, what happens is at scale when you have a massive account book or you have a lot of prospects to reach out to, it's really easy to forget about an account. It's really easy to forget about a conversation thread that you have going with the prospect. And then a month goes by and you reach back out and they've already moved on with another solution. So outreach solves that problem That's in a exactly big way right. by one, giving salespeople really the, the first flow, the first uh, project management tool, if you will, that's the best thing I could compare it to. And then automating a lot of it, because again, you don't have to manually send an email out. You can load up uh, specific contacts into a specific sequence and fire those out at a specific time. So it's really cool in that, in that way. I've also been using the calendar feature a lot. 
everybody who works in sales or just business in general probably hates it when they're trying to schedule something with somebody. And there's this awkward back and forth of how does Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific time look? Oh no, I'm busy that time. How about Thursday at uh, 8 a.m. Central? What does that look like? And you just kind of go back and forth and it takes an entire week to get something scheduled. So I've been sending an outreach link in my emails that directs right to an interactive calendar that's plugged into my Gmail calendar. So it takes into consideration anything that I have blocked off. And then someone can book directly with me for 30 minutes or 60 minutes, whatever interval you want to set up. And it saves that back and forth. And, and what I'm finding is a lot of prospects, they don't, they don't want to deal with that awkwardness. It's just, it's not a good experience. So they'd rather just click on a link and find a time that works for them while they're listening to their music on their headphones versus having to like stop what they're doing, interrupt their day to sit and open up a bunch of people's calendars and, and you know, engage with you in real time, right? So that's a really cool feature. I'm trying to think how, I mean, the other thing I use it for is just analytics is I'm always yeah. looking to I mean, see, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, like I, there's a, I mean, we could spend hours talking about all the use cases, you know, but if you think about it, it kind of take it, make it more like relevant to today. I mean, we're all, you know, some of us are field reps, some of us are kind of a hybrid and some of us are inside sales reps. But like, you know, if you take the, you know, me as strategic account executive, I, you know, the last past few years, I was like 50, 60% on the road. You know, now I'm an inside seller right now. Yeah. I don't, and I can't do what I used to do, right? So I need a way to quickly develop and put together a structured way about going about my day and, and handling my business. There's no more travel. There's no more lunches, really. And so if I have, then how do I break through the noise and how do I stay consistent and how do I stay focused? And then outreach is certainly helping a lot of companies with that. And, um, you know, I'm, you know, I'm seven months into a new company. I'm, you know, being able to really blow it up, mm -hmm. if you will. Um, and my, my productivity, my, you know, close rate, my follow-up rate, my reply rate. I mean, everything has increased and I, and I can from data attribute it to leveraging outreach. Um, and so I, again, I certainly, you know, don't want this to turn into an outreach pitch, <laughs> but I'm a believer. I've drank in the Kool-Aid, yeah. um, and, and we're, we're we're seeing a lot of you know massive enterprises to some some startups, also seeing uh, tremendous uh, you know results because of it. And so, make technology your friend. Your technology technology is supposed to be a sidekick. Don't technology is not going to replace you. Don't worry, um, embrace it. But certainly, uh, outreach and other sales engagement platforms are certainly becoming. Um, a, a must have skill set as well as technology. Yeah. And this is a safe space for shameless plugs. And that, that's precisely why I'm, I'm bringing, <laughs> I'm bringing AEs from the top, top companies. There in this you space. go. Yeah. One, one for awareness, right? Because there's, there's probably, yep. there could be somebody out there who's never heard of outreach. Uh, if so. Well, for your listeners, we're hiring, we're looking for, for top SDR talent and, and other talent. So stop by outreach.io slash jobs or career. I don't look at that page. So, um, but a lot of, a lot of opportunity at outreach and we would, we would love to, to talk to you. Th that's awesome. What's uh, I'm, I'm curious for your perspective, what's one power user of outreach piece of advice that you'd give somebody who's new to the tool. And I think there's probably tons of stuff that I don't even know about in terms of features and, and functions on the platform. What's a, a, an insider tip to using outreach? An insider tip to using outreach, man. I hope my boss isn't listening or, uh, or other folks from outreach are going to tell on me. Um, you know, my favorite functionality from outreach is the inbox functionality that helps me write better emails um, and the calendaring um, functionality and the sequence. So the follow-up sequence um, in particular, you know, uh -huh. I, I have an abundance of riches and a lot of opportunities talking to a lot of people. And this follow-up sequence allows me to make sure that I don't let any of my opportunities fall through the cracks or forget to follow up to let my um, competitors come in and take away deals. And so I know every day when I follow up somebody, I'm following up with them when I said I was. And because of that, it's, it's allowing me again to be consistent and, and, and most effective with my day. Um, so those are my favorite things. I don't, you know, Yes, it's a good question. It's, it's kind of hard because everybody has a different motion and, and outreach certainly, you know, supports many different ways of, of working. And so I don't mm -hmm. have a power user advice, but that's how I used it. 
And that's my favorite functionality. We're coming out with some seriously cool functionality that's going to really, I hate to say this, but it's going to change the game um, for for <laughs> You hate that sellers. phrase. I hate it, but you know what? Sometimes it is the only phrase to say, but uh, we're certainly doing some cool things, some very innovative things that um, for an old timer like me, that feels funny. And But man, I can't wait. Um, I can't wait. But anyways... Um, yeah, anyways, I, yeah. I don't want to divulge too much more until we announce it, but uh, no, certainly cool. go to our website. Yeah. And I'm going to share this. Yeah, you're going to love some of these features. Yeah, awesome. No, I'm, I'm excited and I'll be, I'll be tuned in. No, that's great. <laughs> yeah. All right. Off air. We'll, uh, cool. <laughs> cool. And then to circle back to job openings at Outreach, yeah. what, like if I were a, a, you know, a 20 something, I wish if I were a 20 something guy or gal in, in 2020, and I'm looking to break, break into the software business, how could I stand out in a big stack of resumes at Outreach? I'm sure your recruiting team gets more resumes than they can possibly follow up on because of yeah, the, they really know, the, do. The, the brand. What's, what's one thing I can do to, to stand out in the stack of resumes? That's a really good, that's a really good question. Um, what, what did you do? I guess that maybe I can point the question right back at you. What did you do to stand out? Uh, or <laughs> I, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to talk about me. Let's talk about what Se- we can do to help. Secret formula. All right, good. Secret formula, man. That's my secret formula. Um, Not, I, I respect I think it. If you're, if you're, yeah. If you're looking to break in specifically, um, personalize everything you do and every person you talk to do the research, take the time, don't be afraid to stand out. And what I mean by that is if it feels weird, that's what you should do. Dude, I love that. And so, and what I mean by that is get, create a video, tell them why you need to work at outreach. Maybe contact somebody at outreach and understand their role that you're applying for. Okay. Um, put together a vlog, get on LinkedIn, mm-hmm. stand out. There's a, there's a lot of noise right now. And, 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 you know, the economy is crazy. Um, you got tons of people trying to reinvent themselves. So there's a lot of noise right now. But don't be afraid to be you. Don't be afraid to take risks. And don't be afraid to be um, as true to yourself as possible. And, and, go, and go for it. That's awesome. So I'll share. I'm willing to share what I know one of my... So real quick, I know that's All nebulous. Right. Yeah, but, but you know, there is no template for success in the world. It's hard work, it's grit, and it's taking chances. And um, at Outreach, we, we celebrate diversity, we celebrate uniqueness, and don't shy away from, from truly being your authentic self and understanding what Outreach can do and why you want to be there. Those would be the things that I would recommend to a, a future candidate, but go for it. Go for it. No matter yeah. what the job description says, go for it. I'll share one tactic that's one of my, you know, secret weapons when it comes to interviewing and making sure you stand out on the top of the resume stack. So this was a tip that was given to me by uh, a former manager of mine and a mentor, and I'll shout her out because I want her to listen to this episode. Shout out to Lindsay Boggs, who said that 99% of applicants never send any sort of handwritten note. And it's so true. So for most every role that I've applied for and all of the ones that I've landed in the last 10 years, I wrote a a handwritten thank you letter to the decision maker in the process and it's always worked out. But again, only like probably less than 1% of people actually take the time to do that. It's such a small gesture, but since nobody does it, it literally cements you in the top you know, you know, the top, top of the class, it really does. And the same tactic can be applied to prospecting. And maybe it's not a handwritten letter, but maybe it's just that one little thing that you can do that the, you know, the other 99% of sellers aren't going to do, particularly in this case, your competition, they may not offer something. They may not say something. There may just be some small gesture and all it takes is just think of what that would be. And it might be a case by it's, it's a case by case basis. Cause every prospect's different, but maybe it's sending a gift card. Maybe it's sending a handwritten letter, uh, maybe it's showing up on site or making a phone call or making an introduction to somebody. We do that a lot. Uh, that's one of the, the coolest tactics that I've been implementing lately is introducing one customer or a prospect to a, to an existing customer who's already scaled and who's already I done like it. That. Yeah. It's huge because I mean, talk about customer really success. Is. Like if you can connect with someone who's done it and use the technology to scale their business, 
it's a huge yes. Right? People really, really appreciate that kind of thing. And again, only about you know, probably less than 1% of people actually take the time to do it. And so that's, you know, my wisdom there, if, 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 if any, uh, not that I have a lot of wisdom, I'm still learning myself, but from no, what I have great. accomplished, that's a big one. I, I, I love that. And, you know, I really like how you articulated that, you know, to kind of like tie this, tie this off. I would also follow people at the company that you want to go at mm-hmm. to understand kind of what they're about. There's one person that's really stood out to me in the last couple of weeks is this woman named Gabrielle Blackwell. She just recently got hired at a company called Gong. And she kind of on her LinkedIn page kind of tells her story of what she did and what she was willing to do to, to get the job and how it stand out. And I was I was awestruck and really inspired by that. And so as a tactical thing to do, I would I would take a look at that and then see what she did and, and emulate it. But again, don't be her, be you. Be you, be you, be you. It's good advice, man. Love it. What do, uh, what do most salespeople get wrong in 2020? That's a really good question. Yeah. Um, that they, that their product is going to save the world and, and save everything. (laughs) I mean, look, dude, that it's a game changer. Oh, it's a game changer. It's a game changer. It's exactly right. It's going to take every email. Every email starts with, I have a game-changing product that's oh, uh, man. high availability and solves world hunger. Oh man! If you solve world hunger, then then great. Um, uh, is that we we are in an unprecedented time? Nobody's been here before, and the last thing you need to do right now is be so close-minded and make it all about you. And I think that's what we as sellers get wrong. And I include myself because I still make mistakes. I still occasionally make things about me and how awesome outreach is versus, hey, my customer is also facing some unprecedented times. They're also dealing with their own mm-hmm. internal and personal things. Like, again, kids are working from home. Spouse is laid off. They might yeah. be getting ready. They're dealing with an insurmountable amount of stressors in their own personal lives as well as their jobs. And the last thing they need is some seller telling them how this is going to completely change the game. Focus it on the customer. Understand what's motivating them. Understand where you can truly help them and where you can't. And focus in on just those areas that you can help them and help them. Don't make them do all of your work. What I mean by that is don't make them connect how your product is going to solve their problems or don't make them think about how does your product going to fix some big hairy goal that their company mm-hmm. has that may or may not really right or mm-hmm. uh, your your product impact or don't be the best thing in the world that can do everything like focus in on what your prospect needs understand them as a human and try to be a servant and just help them along the way to understanding how one your technology can help solve a problem but like how you can help them in a, in a personal way um don't make it about you. They don't care about you, especially right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and just treat them as you would as a member of your family with respect, kindness, patience, and, and, and empathy. That's awesome. So that, that's really interesting because I used to, you know, and, and again, the industry's evolved and so has messaging and so has prospecting. And I used to always blast people with first email was just this, you know, quote unquote value bomb that had bullet points on what the product could do and how it was going to change the game or whatever. And what I'm finding more and more now as a very successful tactic, and I'm not going to share too much because this is one of my secret weapons, is your first interaction with a prospect, prospect shouldn't actually even really be a pitch at all and more of a Hey, I'm an expert in this space. And if I can be a resource for you, let me know. That's it. And walk away. Not a, nope. you know, Hey, here's 20 things that we have. And, and we have the fastest, this or the funnest feature for that. And everybody loves us and we're a game changer and we're fast to implement and we never crash ever. Yep. I don't do that. It's I'm a consultant in this space. These are some outcomes that I might be able to help with. Let me know yep. if I can be a reference for you or if I can be a resource for you and that's it. I walk away. And it's, it's surprisingly, it's surprisingly effective because people are like, Oh, that guy's not trying to sell. 
that's exactly right. And I didn't mean to cut yeah. you off, but people can no, smell fake empathy from a mile away. Yep. What I, what, what I see, look, man, I believe in templates. They save a lot of time and they're really important. I believe that, you know, most times if it's the right time and the right product, doesn't really matter what you, what you send your, your prospect, you can send a picture of your dog and it'll get a meeting. Okay. But as you, as you educate them and as you, you know, begin to build that relationship, don't send an email with, with a line of, Hey, I hope you're well, here's how our product can help your business. Like just don't even send the email or just take out the first line because they can smell your fake empathy and they can smell a template from a mile away. And if you don't care, well, one, you probably shouldn't be in sales. Um, but secondly, just don't send the email. Like just don't, um, you're going to do more harm than good. Cause look, Either it goes to spam or they see it and they make an immediate judgment on whether they like you or they don't like you. They may not respond for a year, but they're reading and seeing your email and they're putting it in a, in a folder um, yeah. and they're making quick decisions. And so don't think that just because they don't respond doesn't mean they didn't see it. So always keep that in the back of your mind and, and don't fake empathy. Yeah, empathy is such an important skill. Uh, just, just having it and showing it, but being genuine about it. I totally agree. Like, look, man, we're, we're in, a, in, a, in a time where, look, maybe 20, 30 years ago, there's maybe one or two databases and maybe a couple of phone books, you know, like, but now we live in a super commoditized world where every product is not unique. You may do some things differently. So if you really want to stand out and you really don't want to like lose deals, don't be an asshat. Like, just be <laughs> cool and, and put the customer first and it'll all work out. Like, it really will. It has my entire career. And I have loads of relationships and customers that are friends. Like when you're being invited to your customer's Christmas parties, man, that's a great feeling. And that's a feeling of like, all right, that's, that's what I, what you should be doing. And that's how you should be treating people because they end up spending a lot more money with you and, and, and we'll, yeah, just, just, just don't fake empathy. Don't fake friendships, be as real as you can. And, and I promise you it, it, it will all work out. Now, obviously you got to do your sales skills. There's, there's, mm -hmm. you know, there's a process you got to yeah. follow. I don't want to say like, Hey, just, just, just be cool guy. And then it'll all work out. Well, I've actually seen some really cool guys where everything just works out for them, but for the general <laughs> population, you know, just yeah. don't be a jerk, be cool, have empathy and just don't fake anything because prospects are not dumb. You're not as amazing writer or, or actor as you think you are. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, being cool and being being kind and being truthful and honest and just as being your whole self will get you a whole lot further in your career than the one deal that you may you may miss out on by not being so. So yeah, you know, yeah, that's what I would say to that. And quotas still have to be hit, numbers still have to be made. That's totally part of all of this. Um, but I'll say one of the most rewarding experiences that I've had, especially, you know, lately as I've gotten into deeper and deeper enterprise deal cycles and built relationships at larger organizations, one of the really big rewards and one of the, you know, times when I kind of pause and say, I think I made it, it is when a prospect's <laughs> like, Hey, I want to put you on the annual, you know, Christmas card or, you know, like, Hey, I wanted to tell you my kid had his birthday or whatever it is, like, like a genuine friendship and a genuine relationship. It's not just a, a transaction. It's, Yep. It's a relationship that is more rewarding again. And, yep. and we're, we're kind of going full circle here, but that in some ways can be more rewarding than the commission check that gets deposited into your bank account is having those kind of experiences, having those relationships. That's really the true marker of a good work. You know, a, a good day's work is if at the end of the day, you look at your prospect list and you say, oh, cool, Bob, Bob and I are tight now and we can get on the phone and talk about yep. anything at this point and just chill yep. and it's fun. Yeah, it, it really is. You know, a paycheck only lasts for so long, but a relationship lasts forever. Yep. Um, and so, I mean, obviously there's nuances in that. And, uh, you know, that this is, it's not the topic of, of this podcast, but man, just especially in a time like this, man, everybody is stretched thin. Everybody is trying to figure it out. Everybody's stressed. Everybody's got, everybody's got their own private little hell they're going through right now. Nobody's got yep. this thing figured out. You know, then you got all the social and election unrest. I mean, just be kind and just try to be understanding and empathetic to your, to your prospects. Again, you know, we're all big boys and girls. We all know that we have a job to do. We all know we have goals to hit and we got to get smart and figure it out. But, you know, people, especially prospects and customers, they're going to remember this time and they're going to remember those who 
um, showed empathy. Um, and so just as you're trying to make your name, as you're trying to crush it, just remember you're crushing it with a human being mm -hmm. um, and, and try to make that the center of kind of everything you do. And again, I don't want it to be like, hey, don't do all the right things in terms of a sales process, in terms of hitting your goals. Yeah. That's not what I'm saying. Uh, but what I'm saying is, you know, the, the, the person, that, that human that you're talking to has a whole different world um, on the other side of that phone or, or email. It's really easy to forget that too. Like I, there's been no, times really where I've gone and, and bitched to my wife, like, man, so-and-so never responded to that really well-crafted email that I put together and, and I nailed it. You know, I was totally, it was a game changer. Right. <laughs> and then my wife is like, dude, shut the hell up. Like that person has a life. They've got kids. They've got you a know. spouse. Like you, their world doesn't revolve around responding to your prospecting email or your follow-up to the demo conversation or whatever it is. Like, you know, you got to be patient. These are people. And like you said, there, there's so, there's a whole nother world going on for them outside of their work. So again, full circle back to empathy being one of the, the key skills. And especially as you sell to enterprise prospects, being empathetic, understanding that there's a lot more going on than just this evaluation or just this vendor selection. And you got to be patient for sure. Yeah. You know, I, I want to, you know, in the, in the spirit of advice, I don't know why this has popped into my head, but I feel right, that it's, it. uh, it's, it's super applicable. I'm now the old guy giving advice. I'm now like, oh, back in my day. Um, you know, there's a lot of hot companies out there. There's a lot of, you know, quote unquote, marquee companies, you know, if there was anything that I would change in my career or do is I would find when you're interviewing with companies, talk to the manager. Is the manager going to be your coach or are they just going to manage your, your numbers? Mm, I yeah. would hands down especially if you're new in your career, find a coach, find someone that's going to help make you better and mold you. Money will come, fame, success, whatever you want to call it will, will come. Find a coach and be teachable. I, I, I feel uh, like those, yeah. some of those things is, is really what helped kind of, I think about like where and how I've gotten where I've gotten. I've had great people in my corner, great coaches and mint, not even a mentor. Like I've had managers who weren't my mentors, there are great coaches who taught me mm -hmm. the right things and they taught me to be better than just a number. And I, had yeah. I worked, you know what I mean? I wholeheartedly agree. And it, it, it's, it takes a concerted effort to, to open yourself up to coaching. Cause I, I know oh. there's been times in my career, especially early on when someone would give me feedback on a call or on a cycle or on a, you know, during a pipeline review, they might be like, dude, you're sloppy here. What the hell? Uh, and I, you know, my, my inclination was to get offended or irritated or defensive or whatever it is, but as I've gotten deeper into it and I've matured a lot and I've sort of opened myself up to say, look, if you have the right person who's given you the coaching and given you the advice, it's easier to accept it. It for sure is easier to accept it. But if you open yourself up to it and say, Hey, look, this is all in the interest of improving my craft. It gets easier and it, it does help. No, it, totally, it really does make an impact. It, it, yeah. It, it totally does, man. And like, you know, I've worked for some, some really cool companies that people think, oh, this is amazing, but I've had a horrible leadership who didn't teach mm -hmm. me a thing and who made me miserable. Yeah. But I've worked for some companies that don't really have the brand name with some coaches that I've unlocked and I've helped me like excel and make the most money and just become a better version of myself. Um, and, you know, People get excited when they hear, oh, you're a strategic account executive. I have so many questions. What is your secret? Well, man, I still <laughs> fuck up all the time. I still have my manager telling me, hey, dude, that was shit. Yeah, and, yep. And here's an area that you need to think about and, and they focus on, or hey, we need to shift how we're messaging this and how we're doing this. And, you know, I can either say, hey, you're full of it. Like, I'm successful. I'm, I, I know all that I need to know. Or I can say, roger that, take the feedback and apply it and get better. Just because they say you did horrible here does not mean they're saying, hey, you suck completely. Like, yep. remember, as you continue to see your career progress, you're, you're not just lucking into this stuff, even though you may feel like it sometimes. But people believe in you. And just because they give you feedback doesn't mean that you're all of a sudden a horrible person or you're garbage. Literally focus in on just what they said and change what they said. And that's why, I, again, that's why I go back to find a coach. And, and, and there's, and you should do a podcast with somebody else, uh, but like, what does it mean to be a coach? 
mm. and how to spot coaches versus managers. Yeah. I'm going to, my boss is going to hate me, but I'm going to do it anyways. <laughs> I got to, I got to plug Chris Albro. Chris Albro has been one of the best coaches in, in my entire career. I really feel like I'm back on a football team or, 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 or a baseball team or, or a soccer team of like, Hey dude, this is really good. Or, Hey, this is really bad. Or, Hey, you really missed the mark here and I need you to do better. Or, Hey, mm-hmm. that was really good. Keep doing more of that. Um, that's what coaches do. And that's how world-class athletes. I mean, if you think about Tiger Woods, Tom Brady, they all have coaches to help them be better. I'm, pretty positive they are also told hey that was garbage you need to focus on this and make that mechanic better right and i i honestly can say i probably wouldn't be where i'm at today if i had not had a coach like chris in my corner Mm -hmm. you know busting me for when i did stupid things and i made obvious mistakes um telling me hey you need to fix this but also you know teaching me why and encouraging me to do better or and also focusing on the positive things. So I doubled down on those things. And so I really encourage you to do a podcast on how to spot a coach versus a manager. And what are some questions to ask in the interview process to make sure that they're going to be a match to their manager? Because again, no job is worth um, having a horrible leader and, and working mm-hmm. for a horrible leader. Jesse, you and I both know that. Yeah, no. And that's, that's awesome. That's such great advice. Uh, and, and it is, it's, it's hard early on, especially to, to know how to vet for who's going to be a coach versus who's going to be a process manager or, you know, yeah. a, a task master. Right. So, yeah. I mean, you know, you need a process manager. Don't get me wrong. I don't want yeah, yeah. to you the process, but like task manager. Um, y- y- yeah. And I think, you know, in your early in your career, you kind of need a little bit more hands-on as much as some of these kids mm-hmm. may hate hearing that you do. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. You're, you're not as awesome as you think you are. I'm not as awesome as I certainly think I am. Uh, my wife would attest to that as well, but, but you, you certainly need that in your career and you certainly should embrace that and not be rebuffed or, or bothered by that. Like um, there's a lot of power in getting a process down and learning a process at this level. Mm-hmm. The process is like breathing. So it's kind of just easy for me to like, deal with a lot of changes and then things that you know require a process so jesse if you were to ask me what's your process like uh uh breathing i I don't know like what do you want to know but i just do um, it i just do it right but you know certainly learning a process anyways i didn't mean to get off on that tangent but bottom line is find a coach find something that's going to teach you and help you be better and just be okay with not being the best because you're not Mm Yeah, the feedback never the, the feedback never stops. I think that's another misconception is is folks probably look yeah. at some strategic seller at a fancy software company and they're like, well, that guy or that girl, she doesn't ever get any feedback. She just shows up, breathes, and 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 crushes it. But that's wow. not the reality. The, the good ones are always looking, they're actually asking for feedback if they don't yeah. get it. And they're picking yeah. managers, they're vetting managers for that quality, the coachability, uh, the you know, the willingness to to take time to listen to a call to sit on a call, to, to review an email, whatever it is, that's, you know, the good ones are actually seeking that. So it never goes away. And, and again, I know when I was younger, it was so hard to hear feedback from managers and it hurt my feelings so much, but I'm glad that I finally just got past that and said, look, these, these managers aren't doing it because I'm bad or because they hate me or because I'm being punished. This is them trying to, well, you know, make me a more well-rounded professional for sure. Because if I'm not giving you feedback, that's when you should probably feel bad. Yep. Yeah. That's and when you're complacent. Kind of <laughs> yeah. Or they're like, they don't, they don't think you can make it. Um, yeah, that's true. And then so, they've just so, given up. They've moved on to the next rep and they're like, yeah, yeah this that's, not, but that's exactly, but that, but that is something that, you know, to, to, to think about. Yeah. I mean, like, dude, I just, I just closed a, a 300, 300 K deal. Um, and then the same day, my, 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 my boss gave me some coaching on a, yeah, well, <laughs> but I, I had a call and my boss gave me some feedback and he really kind of really disappointed in, in some of my performance. And so, you know, again, you know, while on the outside, it looks like everything's perfect and, you know, we're all amazing and perfect and don't make mistakes. You know, we do and you do, and it's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. just, just keep at it and keep trying to get better and it'll, it'll all be good. So we're, we're coming up on an hour here and yeah. uh, you've been gracious enough to give us that much time. I know time is money and uh, you're, time you're, is pretty, money. Time you're is a pretty money. scheduled dude too. And that's one of the, so one, the last question I want to ask you, and this <laughs> is, is something true. that I, 
I observed a lot when we worked together, I would look at your calendar to try to get time scheduled with you. And I'd noticed that by 5 a.m. your time, there was already study time on your calendar, reading. You you speak fluently a a foreign language, German, which is awesome. Uh, I I think that's one of the the skill sets that... think that's something that sets you apart from a lot of people out there and I, I would always notice that you you made time to study the language but also you made time to read books and study the craft give us a couple yep. of you know one two three books that you've read recently that everybody should pick up and look at I know you're always reading something and I always come to you yeah. for book recommendations hit us up what, what what are some good ones yeah that's a that's a, that's a great question I, I I'm a big believer if you don't own your time your time owns you um there's always enough time um, and so I'm a big believer in scheduling out what you're going to do and never leaving white space on your calendar. Um, yep. cause again, you, you just, it just become unproductive. Yeah. It's a good question. Books, man. So I read, I, I read, or, well, I, I guess I read all kinds of books. I love business books. I love historical mm-hmm. books. I love political books. I love foreign language books. So give me, give me a specific, cause I don't want to tell your audience about a German book. They'll never pick up. I've read, uh, I've read some good ones recently. Sales books would be probably the ideal. Just the most, the ones that'll resonate most will be the sales books. So any good sales books or like negotiation, business yeah. process, self-help, anything like that. Yeah. So the three books that I would recommend right now, um, well, there's four. One is Above and Below the Line. And really what that's about is how to speak to Above the Line, which is your executives and how to engage with below the line which is your doers um because they speak vastly different languages and mm-hmm. if you're speaking the wrong language to the wrong person so above if you're speaking below the line language to above line people you're gonna you're gonna lose if you're speaking above the line language to below the line people you're gonna lose and so it's just really learning and trying to understand how to speak and engage with with an executive versus a, a doer Mm-hmm. um fantastic book fantastic yeah book. what's it called um, again? the other book yeah above the line below the do, line do you know it's who by, writes it uh, yeah man, it's okay grab it off my and for listeners okay, I'll, I'll, I'll post an amazon link in the in the podcast episode it's not an affiliate link i'm not making any money doing this but we're just genuinely trying to help so i'll, I'll post the link yes yeah, so it's selling above and below the line i apologize give you the wrong title and it's by yeah, it's uh good. skip skip miller skip that's a so that's, that's a one book name. it's a great it's a great name i i want to i wish i was named skip like, <laughs> he must know a thing or Brody, two about doing cool. deals yeah, yeah skip yeah skip totally knows. skip's got it yeah when you're getting when you're getting a nickname like skip you definitely know what's up um <laughs> another book that i liked was um oh, what is the name of this book it's also failing me um was it the messaging one never or, split, or uh oh, never, split, never the split the difference that was really good. I really liked it. Um, I really like the hard things about hard things uh, by Ben Horowitz. You recommended this book and amazing book. Highly, highly, highly yep. recommend it. Highly recommend it. So those, so those two, are a couple of the business books yeah. that, I, that I really like. Those two are, in my opinion, required reading. If you work in tech, if you work in sales and you don't read, never split the difference. You, I mean, you just have to. Like it, it's And it's not even if you're in sales. I've recommended it to like my sister-in-law who's a stay-at-home mom because i'm like look if you want to negotiate with your kids and get them to go to bed on time read this book because it'll help you in your negotiations right and then uh ben harwitz the hard thing about hard things if you ever want to understand how your leadership makes decisions how your ceo drives a company and you want some insight into how the greatest tech companies of our time scaled and just crushed it and it's funny because it's more of a book about how the sausage gets made. It's, it's, it's about all the shit that's behind the scenes that, you know, you as a seller, a contributor, or just a player on the team probably don't think about, but like leadership has to make these hard calls when it comes to managing people and managing personalities and processes. And like one of the great stories in that book is about how HR came to, to Ben Horowitz and said, there's a swearing problem in the organization and we got to figure this out. And then Ben sort of admits that he was the reason that there's a swearing problem. He had like the mouth of a sailor and he felt horrible about it, but had to make the right leadership call for, for the business. Right. And so there's just all kinds of really great stories. What's cool about that one too, if you're a hip hop fan there, it's intermingled with a bunch of hip hop quotes. So if you're, you know, a fan of like nineties hip hop, so is Ben Horowitz. And that's one that I recommend to almost anybody. It doesn't matter if you're in sales,
sales dev, or if you're even in the software business, you should like, just, if you want to learn about leadership and about managing a company, that is a fantastic book. So yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of those two. I'll have to check out the first one. And again, I'll put links to all these in the podcast episode uh, for, for Amazon. I got, I got two more and then I'll quit being a nerd. Um, All right. the 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 last, the, the last business book I'll recommend right now is called story driven. Um, stories becoming a better storyteller is a critical skill set that you have to learn and the longer you put it off the further behind you're going to get customers want to hear stories and want to know how they can be the hero um, of their own story or understand stories of how other people solve similar problems they don't care about your technology they don't care they don't care they just want to know how you're going to help them solve a problem and so doing so via um, stories is, is great. Anyways, story driven, great book. Um, certainly driven. check it okay. out. And then the last book, you know, we're all going through some hard times. Um, and, and I certainly don't want to get too into the details, but I really recommend permission to feel, um, mm. we're all dealing with a lot. We're all going through a lot and, you know, and, and in the people business, we're also dealing with people who are going through a lot. And understanding your feelings and, and how to understand what you're going through and also how to help understand what your customers are going through um, is, is great. But for yourself, read Permission to Feel. I highly, highly recommend it. Get an audible, listen to it at 2x speed, whatever. But do that for you. It's a great book. And I certainly think it'll, uh, it'll improve uh, a, lot of, uh, a lot of the challenges that are going on today. Is that one written by like a therapist or a psychologist or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So the, and again, this would be another podcast for you. I think it'd be really interesting is how, is how all this plays into, um, into sales. Um, but it's by Mark Brackett. So he's an emotional scientist hmm. and it's hmm. super fascinating about how our emotions, whether we think we're in control, how we're not in control. Um, anyways, super fascinating. Go check it out on Amazon or whatever. Cool. Um, highly recommend it, but just read. I'm a big proponent of reading. It'll make you a, a better rounded person. Um, so don't just do business books, but you know, get, you know, read a lot of books. Anyways, Jesse knows how big of a nerd I am when it comes to reading. No, and I'm the same way. And, and a couple of thoughts there, like storytelling, obviously that's really big in sales. Yeah. Uh, if you can become a better storyteller, you'll captivate your audience better. You'll, you'll, yeah. you know, you'll resonate more with your buyers. And then, you know, the, the, the other one, and I'm, I'm forgetting the name already, but being able to kind of work on your mindset and your psyche is huge in this business because if you yep. burn out, you're not going to make it, you know, and this, this is a high yep. burnout business. It it's one where you have to really take care of yourself, your, your, your physical self, as well as your mental self. And a lot of success in this realm is just having the right mindset, but that requires investing in your mental health. Cause if you burn again, if you burn out, if you, you know, start to hate on yourself or whatever for, for not performing, or you start to get down on yourself then you're not going to be successful. And so I I like the recommendation. Yeah. I I like the recommendation because it just, it's a reminder to branch out of just sales and performance books and self-help books and actually focus on, uh, you know, your, your well-being, both physically and, and, and mentally, because I think that's super important. I I totally agree. And, um, you know, yeah, just reading, finding some quiet time um, is 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 going to be critical, especially in in SaaS sales. I mean, we're mm-hmm. this is this is a, a high a high uh, a high functioning um, role, and um, you gotta you gotta stay healthy. Again, no deal and no job is worth your emotional, men, mental, and physical health. Um, let me just we gotta make money. We gotta do all those things. All those things are important, of course. I don't want to get into the, into all that, but I'm learning, especially now in 2020 and the pandemic, is that got to take care of yourself, man, because if you're not, yeah. you, can, you can really do some damage. And I've gotten close. Like it's been, uh, it's been, it's been touch and go some days. <laughs> Same man. Well, Dustin, pleasure having you on cool. the show. We're going to have you on again at some point for sure. You got a lot of yeah, wisdom to drop, I think. And, uh, you know, I appreciate all the, the mentorship and guidance and, and for, you know, helping shape my own success story. And I think a lot of people are going to find this episode super helpful and valuable. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. I mean, I'm, I'm here to help, here to answer questions. Um, certainly a busy guy, but, you know, uh, post my LinkedIn. Um, yep. Happy to connect, yeah. happy to answer questions, happy to network and, you know, 
answer any questions, but Jesse, you're doing a great thing. I'm excited for this podcast. And I, and I really am flattered that you wanted an old guy like me to come on here and uh, share some wisdom, but next time let's, uh, let's, uh, let's get some other folks on the, on the line and have some real fun. Sounds like a plan, man. Well, thank you. This one is for the savvy startups and SMBs out there. I've got a secret weapon for you that's going to skyrocket your sales without the unnecessary headaches that come along with using one of the big player CRM systems. That secret weapon is Close CRM. Now let's face it, we've all been there. We've used a clunky, confusing system that kind of makes you want to throw your laptop out the window. Well, fear not, Close is here to save your time, money, and sanity. Close has all of the powerful sales tools you need, minus the drama, to manage your leads, track your deals, and crush your targets effortlessly. It has calling, emailing, SMS, multi-channel sequences, and it even has meeting tracking built right in. It's easy to set up and implement. You can stop screwing around with CRMs that aren't built for you and start selling and managing customers today. You can start a free trial using the link in the show notes, special for SSP fans. (laughs) 